1: We are back with On Second Thought from GBB. I'm Virginia Prescott. Professional wrestling boomed when cable hit in the late 70s and early 80s. Shows like Georgia Championship Wrestling and Mid-South Wrestling planted dreams of glory in the heads and hearts of muscular Southern boys. Ted, The Million Dollar Man, DiBiase, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and Billy Superstar Graham all had important matches in Georgia. And they are among dozens of stars who took hits outside of the ring. The documentary film 350 Days looks into the hard-knock lives of professional wrestlers in what is known as the golden age of wrestling.
2: 350
0: days a year as a wrestler on the road. Maybe it's a sickness. 350 days a year. A lot of physical pain. A lot of loneliness. You have no home life whatsoever.
1: Piper and me riding down the road, doing eight balls of cocaine. I'm sure it broke up marriages. And that last voice you heard was former pro wrestler J.J. Dillon. He was the N.W.A. Macon heavyweight champion. He joins me now on the line from Delaware. J.J., hello. Uh,
2: Good morning, Virginia.
1: Good morning. And also with us, Darren Antola. He's creator and executive producer of 350 Days. He's joining me from NPR in New York. Hello there, Darren.
0: Good morning, Virginia. Thank you very much for having me on. Much well, appreciated.
1: Thanks for being here. J.J., we just heard a little bit from that documentary. More than a film to you, but your life. So what what comes to mind when you hear 350 days?
2: Well, it immediately reminds me of what makes the world of professional wrestling unique uh, as compared to to anything else, whether it's basketball, baseball. Um, when you look at all, r- racing, They all have they're all seasonal. They have a season and then they have a downtime. Mm -hmm. Professional wrestling is really uh, 365 days out of the year, which which makes it quite unique. And it was uh, a big part of my life uh, for well over half a century.
1: Well, it doesn't leave a lot of time for family and friends. Darren, you talked to nearly 80 wrestlers from the time. About half of those made it into the movie. Uh, one says wrestling was one thing living the life was another are there any stories about life on the road that stand out for you
0: oh there's there's just so many of them uh, I don't even know where to begin but I will say uh, Greg Valentine had some really great stories and J.J. J. Dillon had some really really great stuff and he says it it captured our lives like no other documentary so that really meant a lot to me mm. but to answer your question uh, superstar Billy Graham's story was pretty interesting. Uh, How this girl saved his life and his liver went bad and it was just brings tears to your eyes.
1: Yeah, uh, he was he got hepatitis C, maybe from being in the ring with this part of the theatrics was slitting their foreheads with blood. So blood would be running down, which is part of the whole story here about the theatrical and, and the performance aspect of this. And of course, not everybody in the biz becomes the rock. We hear in the film that some wrestlers got paid only $30 a day, healthcare benefits non-existent. Here's million dollar man, Ted DiBiase.
2: I think about driving to Greenwood and Greenville, Mississippi, and wrestling in front of 100 people, in front of 100 people, and then getting in a car and driving 300 miles. and, and, uh, And some of those nights not having
1: enough money To even eat at McDonald's, we would go and buy a loaf of bread and, you know,
2: bologna. We call it bologna blowouts. We'd get some flea bag hotel and, you know, with two beds and we'd take the mattresses off the bed and uh, four guys and flip a coin to see who had to sleep on the hard box spring or who got the mattress.
1: That's some tough, tough going there. J.J., for you, 350 days on the road, living like that, driving from match to match, what did that mean for a family life or any kind of leisure time at all for you?
2: Well, you had to have a special family that understood that this was uh, your passion and that it involved uh, you making sacrifices, but also involved your family making sacrifices in terms of time away from home and um, you know, you're hearing things um, like with just listening to Ted that, you know, it. What, people think of wrestling as turning on a television and seeing you on TV and right away making the assumption that, oh, you're on TV, that means that you're a huge star and that you're an extremely wealthy man, um, which was not true. And some people uh, that were in the business took that perception of stardom and the fact that they drove big cars and what have you and lived in big homes and that there were people who spent every dollar that they ever earned trying to live up to that uh image and when it was all over ended up with nothing so the the business could be could be very cruel and unforgiving but at the same time extremely rewarding it Mm -hmm. just um it's, it's like for me as a 16-year-old kid from New Jersey I discovered professional wrestling and dreamed that maybe someday, because I used to go to Madison Square Garden and I'd see an Argentina Rock and, and Dr. Jerry Graham and Eddie Graham and and all, and all Haystacks Calhoun, Chief Big Heart, all these bigger-than-life uh, characters and someday dreamed that maybe I could step into the ring of Madison Square Garden, which was a uh, reality that that came true for me uh, years later. um, That was the rewarding part of it. And a lot of guys um, spend every dime that they make trying to live up to what they are perceived to be the image of, of, well, you're you're famous and you're rich. And the lucky ones um, make enough money to have a comfortable lifestyle and are able to save, save money. But, the business can be very rewarding It can be also be very cruel at times. Yeah.
1: yeah, I want to say it's a hard life, but this is not by any means a grim film. Uh, some of the stories, I mean, we hear The Million Dollar Man, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, The Hammer, The Butcher, The Mask, The Wrestling Rabbi. <laughs> I mean, this is a film about the people behind these played-up personalities and really the shtick. Darren, what did those personas bring to professional wrestling?
0: Well, Wrestling will never be the same, in my opinion, as it was in the 70s and 80s. It just seemed like everybody was truly special, and these guys are real athletes today, don't get me wrong, but everybody I talk to, like whenever I mention the movie, they say, oh, that's when wrestling was wrestling. I mean, I can't even keep track how many times I hear that, and all these guys were, were really truly special in their own way. They had their own characters, like uh, Greg Valentine, real serious wrestler, and you have you know, different people, like Wendy, who's a great wrestler as well. and. Paul Orndorff, like, they, they all have something special. It's just hard to say which one of them is—every one of them brings something to the table in 350 days. I mean, we we have never before seen photographs from around the world. Um, you know, it's just tremendous.
1: Well, and the, it's there's a lot of joy and a lot of payoff. And, in, J.J., you say in the film that celebrity put a lot of temptations in front of you. And for some of the people in the film, those drugs, steroids for bodybuilding, cocaine and amphetamines and alcohol, just to keep going. And, and women, uh, uh, especially in the South, interestingly enough, uh, one of the wrestlers says, they were readily available. Do you think it was difficult for you to, well, you said in the film, you know, you were married 35 years, not to the same person. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the sum total of three failed marriages, <laughs> of, of which I'm not, uh, uh, you know, I'm not bragging about. But you know, uh, my first marriage only lasted four years because I was just getting out of college and and uh, brash, immature, and and not ready for the experience. The only positive thing was I I had a daughter from that marriage that uh, uh, that, that I love and care very much about. And, My second marriage, I think, was uh, 17 years, and and we had no children. She had children by the her previous marriage, which I helped raise. And then the third marriage was like uh, was 14 years, and again, I had children. I had twins when I was 50, and another girl uh, uh, came along three years later. So, uh, I mean, it's my life is uh, just. You know, unique, I guess, for me. But for, the story is very similar to other people that had fell in love with professional wrestling and had it be their chosen career. And for me, I was fortunate to always make a, a decent living. Um, got a chance to go places and travel the world where I would not have otherwise. Um, and so I, I kind of look at the big picture of. Uh, what, we, you know was it a hard life? yes, when you're working fifty fifty weeks a year uh away from home, you know where you're wrestling seven days a week, um, you know your family has to um, make sacrifices, and you make sacrifices of not being home, and you're missing birthdays, missing anniversaries, um, but the wrestling business is very demanding, and yet. You know, I look back, I'm I'm 77 years old now, and I spent uh, well over half a century full time in this business, and I have to say, in all honesty, that I, I don't regret a moment of it. I wouldn't mm. change anything, because, like I say, all the places in the world that I got to go, all the people that I met along the way, and just the camaraderie of other people that also chose the same profession. Uh, You know, we're a brotherhood that uh, is very tight as well.
1: J.J. Dillon there, he's a former pro wrestler and one of those from the documentary film 350 Days, and that's how many days a year wrestlers often spend on the road. Darren Antola is also with us. He's the creator of the film and the executive producer. So watching the footages of of these matches, right, Uh, the theatrics, you know, pounding on the canvas, um, uh, fighting with the refs, you know, executives in suits jumping into the ring and being thrown over the ropes. How much of that is real? Darren, you want to pick that up?
0: Well, you can't fake gravity, I can tell you that. And you can't, <laughs> right you can't wrestle 350 days a year and, and not get hurt. It's impossible.
1: But we have learned that the finishes were predetermined. There was a really strict code of keeping these tricks secret. We've got the baby face who's going to win and then the other guy. But as you said, what happened in the ring was no joke as we hear in the film.
0: It's not a desk job. It's a very physical job. Is that
1: wrestling all fake? I go, well, it is orchestrated. But at the same time, it's, man, the getting slammed and thrown through tables and getting hit with steel chairs. We really do do that. So the, the injuries are real. So it yeah,
2: I, 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 I agree, because I lived it. And the injuries are real. The blood is real. Um, and, you know, if you, you have to love this business to do it because... You often sacrifice your your body, and you're in the ring with someone who also, like you, for the most part, has a family to feed. So we're going to go at it. You know, I, I look at like two professional football players that are on the line, and when that that ball is snapped, you know, these two hundred and fifty three hundred pounders, you know, just crash into each other with all their might, and that's really what professional wrestling is about. You go out there and you. You give you give it all, and you hope at the end of the day that you uh, you go home and you haven't got any broken bones or anything that's going to prohibit you from coming back and doing it the next day so that you can feed your family.
1: Well, you know, so we have broken noses, blown-out knees, fused vertebrae, people covered in blood in photos. As I mentioned, they would cut themselves with a razor blade across the forehead so blood would just be pouring down all Part of the theater. Now that was just in the ring, but outside of the ring, fans were apparently uh, pretty brutal. Would often want to get into a fight. Were sort of gunning to take on the big wrestler. In fact, JJ, you were shot at, weren't you? Once in the in, yeah, in I was, Canada,
2: I, I went through the whole gamut. I was shot at, and and if you were, if it's like you can't get mad at the fans. Sometimes your first instinct is if you had a. A hot match, and some fans came into the ring, and and the police had to come, and a lot of times you get a police escort out, and you're 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 angry at the moment for because the fans, what I call stepped over a line by coming into your your uh, your realm in the ring, but you can't really be mad because this is what you if you're good at what you do, um, the fan sitting there looks at something. It's a like I say, a performance art, but uh when it's uh, performed at its highest level, it looks so real that it becomes real mm-hmm. and that's what uh, where fans you know just they lose their somebody if someone said to him, Well, I'm buying a ticket to go to to watch the matches because I really enjoy it, and somebody said, well, you know you're gonna get mad and you're gonna you're gonna get so angry that you're just you're gonna do something that you wouldn't think that you'd be capable of doing, which is getting out of your seat, climbing in the ring, and trying to interfere in something. Uh, and most people would say, "Oh no, 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 no! I, I never, never take it that serious." And yet, it happened, happened on a regular basis. And when you're in the ring, uh, and if a group of people decide to come in the ring and interfere, you're very, very vulnerable. So, uh, getting just forgetting the, the the fans coming in the ring, just it's a, it's a It's a physical encounter between two individuals, and uh, I don't care how much training you've had, uh, but when you have two guys that are between 250, 300 pounds and some much heavier than that, uh, Andre the Giant was uh, well over 500 pounds, which, again, was the exception, but he was just a big, powerful man. And it just, as I look back, I am so fortunate that, I like I say I had 3,200 professional matches over a 20-year period of time, but I also got a chance to travel the world, go places that I wouldn't have otherwise, um, and you know, Darren, I Darren to forgive to me. See that. Madison Square Garden, dream that someday I I would hopefully be there, and, and got to live that dream too. Go to Japan, go to Australia, where I lived for a year and wrestled. So I I have nothing but. but of good
1: memories, JJ, and thank you for that. Um, sorry to interrupt, but we just have a minute left, and I wanted to ask Darren. I mean, the seventies and eighties—this was a pretty gritty era for wrestling. Uh, now people get drug tested regularly. Um, are there more protections for wrestlers against these kind of injuries and fans?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, just, as, as, the sport, as the sport evolved, I mean, testing came. Vince McMahon made a lot of test of it you know things there's no more razor blade jobs like that anymore because of the hepatitis but yeah absolutely it's changed for me it'll never be like it was and uh, just don't miss out you can watch it now on itunes amazon and on-demand cable please don't miss 350 days this is going to really be something special to you
1: yeah and Darren
2: I was I was uh, privileged that you uh, included me in that documentary and it really I would encourage anyone who's even a uh not even sure that they're a wrestling fan you know, watch it it's uh it, it rolls into the lives of um, of top people in the industry and you hear their personal stories and i think it's a it's a wonderful documentary yeah it's
1: a real human story thank there and so i want much, to thank JJ you you for
2: being involved Thank you